everything's coming up to to Timberwolves. Yeah, yeah. In the zone, simple dedication to the team when you're in the know. To to Timberwolves. Yeah, yeah. In the soul, lifting all the positivity for the wolves to grow. So where we going from here, man? We listen week to week to get the clearest to clear. Recaps, got that. South cap, got that. Team ads, got that. So tell me what they do not have, huh? Question to ask, but I don't mean to go brag. But boy, they got all the stats, and they could go all the way back from KG to Zerbiak. And all I'm saying is that the cast the one stop shot for my timber wolves. Timber wolves, ain't a thing falling, everything's coming up. Timber wolves, timber wolves, falling from the autumn, ain't nobody gonna stop him. It's the timber wolves, timber wolves, ponies you can spot them, they the sheep under their clothes. Timber wolves, timber Welcome in to another episode of the Everything's Coming Up Timberwolves podcast. My name is Gabe Anderson, and I'm joined as always by Chris Emerson. Chris, how are we feeling? Um, I'd say last half full. I'm going to try to do it again this year, Good. this week. Good, because I, I feel like we need that right now. Because yeah, man, we did it. I, I know you you probably saw the the intro, or you probably saw the uh, thumbnail. We did it again. We did it again. We blew another uh, double-digit fourth quarter lead. And this one's a little more understandable because it was at home and at least, I mean, the, the first one, you, I mean, it was a 26 point lead and you just, and you lose by nine. Like, how does that happen? Uh, this one, you lose by two and just a lot of mistakes. So, so let, let's just get into it. Who would you say, and I know you, you said you're going to be half glass, half full, but who's most to blame for this? Is it, Edwards' mistake on the last play? Is it the officiating? Uh, is it just bad? Is it D'Lo? Who do you think? Who's most to blame for this this kind of breakdown? Um, I don't know. Every player's parent for not having their kid four years earlier. Um, I think it's just <laughs> a youth. I think it's just a youth and experience thing. I mean, mm-hmm. we haven't played in many high-level games like this. And I mean, Anthony Edwards gets an offensive rebound, you know, and it's, I think we're up three with, you know, a minute and a half left and he quick puts up, you know, like a shot over two guys in the paint um, with probably 21 seconds left in the shot clock. Like pull that out, you know, run that clock. You're up three, set up a play. Don't rush anything. Um, There's a lot of just bad plays. You know, down the stretch, the ball wasn't moving. Everyone wanted to be the hero. Um, and Edwards talked about that. He said, you know, we all want the shot. We all, you know, at the end, it's hard. Um, just experience, just playoff experience. So, I mean, if I had to pick one guy, I mean, I'm surprised D'Lo hasn't stepped up more. Um, yeah. I predicted this on our page, and it happened. They switched, and they put um, Brooks mainly on Edwards this game. And um, and Bain on D'Lo, which I thought D'Lo would be able to destroy that matchup. And he didn't, you know, he didn't really do much. And uh, Edwards was destroying his matchup, but he couldn't stay out of foul trouble. So, mm-hmm. um, which is very, very rare for Edwards. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would say the refs definitely had a play in it. I would say there's yeah. a lot. I mean, th- there's a re- very real thing that N- NBA doesn't want you know, the number two seed to go out in the first round. Like it really doesn't, especially at home, like a really bad loss there. Um, they shot what 15 free throws in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Can't have that. 
I I thought something was up when I saw Adam Silver in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. I was like, mm, I don't know about it. Why is he here at a random first-round game at Memphis? Right. Like, I like Adam up. Silver, but he looks like a supervillain a little bit. Yeah, no, he does. He he absolutely does. So, yeah, that was interesting. D'Lo, like you said, D'Lo, he's just got to come. You just got to come to the table, man. When when he had that opportunity with the last shot there and he just put up an air ball, not the last shot, but one of them closing down the stretch, he puts up an air ball, basically just glances off the backboard. That's a it's an awful shot. You got to be able to get a shot better than that. And I feel like our offense, when it, when it gets down to crunch time, it's just so stagnant. As much as Anthony Edwards has the ability to take someone off the dribble and hit a three, a step back three, we don't kind of do that every time. Also, shouldn't I, be the number one option. I agree. I 100%. Because, like, you could get that, like, you can move the ball around if there's nothing there. Sure. Anthony Edwards puts up a three. Fine. Whatever. Or Cat puts up a three. Cat's, Cat was great that game. He was in foul trouble and he was complaining about everything. But he was hitting this three. I think he had three or four threes. Like five right or over seven, I believe, or something like that. Yeah, five or seven. Like he was great. I don't know why we went away from Cat for some reason. It, it baffles my well, man. I, mean, my. I, I think a lot of it is Cat makes us go away from him because it's he doesn't make it that easy to get him shots. You know, like it's mm-hmm. not like he's very mobile. It's not like he's flying off back picks or anything like that. He's just kind of a big lumbering um, target for them to, to, you know, D up on. So, I mean, part of it's on him, but yeah, we needed to, we needed to play better for sure. And, and again, we talked about this last week and maybe the week before that. Um, This is what's, this is what's called playoff experience. Like that's, they literally talk about it and always graph it for a reason. It's important. And this is huge experience for us. Nothing is better for the Minnesota Timberwolves right now than having a elimination game at home. Like right. that's huge. That's when you're going to be able to put all your chips on the table. And if we lose that game, it's going to be a very heartbreaking loss in a, in a series that we should be already moving on to the second round. It should right. be a four, one gentleman sweep right now. And instead we may lose a closeout or we may lose a elimination game on the home court. That's going to burn hopefully the whole off season for these guys. You know what I mean? Like this is good for learning. Right. And even though you say that, even though you say the elimination game at home, I would be shocked if this didn't go seven. Like I know we were talking about this before. Now, maybe not shocked, but I really think it's going to go seven. I, I think it's something about playing at home. Now, do I like our chances in game seven? Not necessarily. Uh, but I I can't – like, it's it's not like – okay, we've, we've gotten the better Memphis. team. Right. I totally agree. We've gotten to Memphis one time and got blown out, right? And that was just – okay. But the other two times, leaving by 13 in the fourth quarter – and, I mean, look, look at this season. It's been so close back. I think it's five wins to four. Like, this this is an even matchup. It just depends. And what really hurt, I think, about uh, last night's game was Desmond Bain. He was hitting jumpers, but he wasn't hitting the three-pointer. And the I guess the, the Grizzlies in general um, weren't hitting the three-pointer. And we still lost the game. Like, yeah. and, and, but, but, and the big reason for that is, Rebounds and turnovers. I mean, just and bad. free throws. They had 15 more free throws than us. Right, and missed, I mean, but missed a lot of them as well, though. Yeah, but they're there. You know, they're right. getting fouls on our guys, and they're and they're you know they're there. 
they still made five more than us, but you know, in a in a two point game, fifteen more chance at chances at free points is huge. You know, mm-hmm. huge. And I, um, I think I think that was the difference in the fourth quarter. Ja just Ja and the rest of the crew just started making them. Like yeah, yeah. they weren't making them earlier at all. They, they were getting the call you know? out there. Yeah, they were definitely getting the calls. Yeah, Nick Claxton. Oof, that was. I, I was watching, uh, like I said, I had a uh, bachelor party weekend, and one of the one one of the people there was from New Jersey, so he's a Brooklyn fan. Oh, he was now. getting on Nick Claxton. Yeah, rough. I, let's just say I'd rather be a Wolves fan right now than a Brooklyn fan. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, right for sure. That's that's depressing to get swept when you have Kevin Durant and KD or sorry, uh, Kyrie, Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Ooh, that's a bad look. It's a bad look. Um, and Lamarcus Aldridge and Patty Mills and Blake Griffin, and Blake Griffin you know, they try to, um, yeah, I mean, this, this, this loss hurt. Um, we should have won it, of course, but like I said, it should be 4 1. And our players know that. Um, mm-hmm. so if we lose this series or when we lose this series, however you want to look at it, um, that motivation is going to be there, you know, mm-hmm. I mean. Or if we come back and win these next two games, that resiliency is crazy. But again, we've been the better team. I mean, eight, you know, four out of the five games, we've been the better team. Mm-hmm. So it's not unlikely for us to win two more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And something I want to bring up just, and this is a, now we were coming, the last time we got blown out, people were questioning Chris Finch and his timeout calling. Now, I don't think there was an issue this game, and he kind of came out and said, I made a mistake with that. Uh, but just the, the play call on that three-pointer for Ant, that was one of the best play calls I've seen in Wolves history. That was Yeah, great. that pass in the pass was even – it was like football-esque where you lead the receiver. I mean, the pass was out of the hand while Ant was still turning this defender to run to where the ball was coming. It was perfectly done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Finch has yeah. drawn up a couple of gems this year. Right, absolutely, he he really has. And so, so let oh, man. Here's a question um, for you: Do you remember yeah. first half Nas Reed in that game? I do. Yes. Thirteen minutes, nine points. I could have probably used a little more of that. He was hot. I mean, he was he was catching the ball on the you know on the cut, getting some big dunks. Like, yeah, I don't know. I've got a hot take. Go ahead. I think I'm. I think I'm done with Pat Peverly. Really? Yeah, I think wow. I'm done. I think for what he adds to the team, um, which is you know, like I'm talking actually on the court for what he adds, I think his kind of um, ridiculousness sometimes is equally as detrimental. Like mm-hmm. his over the top crap. Um, is a little bit much sometimes. And a lot of the times lately it hasn't been, it hasn't been being positive for the Timberwolves, like stupid technicals, like where he threw the ball up trying to like act like he was doing like a 70 foot floater after a fall was called. So we got a technical, that's one free point. Um, He got in another double technical, like there's just, or I mean, delay a game. It was, there's just, he does some silly things that don't need to be done. And, um, Sometimes they've kind of hurt the flow of the game. Um, and, and I'm assuming next year he's going to be, you know, half a step, you know, slower, just like that's how father time works. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I don't know. I think I'm. It wouldn't break my heart if uh, we have him in a trade package this this off season. So, do you think re-signing him was a mistake then? No, because oh. you, he's lost if we don't. Oh, so okay. we have a twelve million dollar guy now. We can trade, or whatever mm-hmm. eleven million, whatever we signed him for, um, nine maybe. I I don't know. But um, if we wouldn't have, he would have just been a free agent, and he's not an asset to us. Now, but, are you are you completely done, or do you have does Pat Beverly of these last two games? Let's assume there's two. Does he have a chance to win you over, or do you are you just done? Uh, I mean, I've seen enough. I think. I think. I think it's like you get out of them what you needed. You got, you know, a little change in culture. You got guys to believe in themselves a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I guess. I guess in a perfect world, a, a one year extension is interesting to me because now next year he's a lame duck player again. You know, so he's going into a free agent year again. So it's like. You know, it's not like you showed a lot of confidence in the guy because it means next year you're either going to let him walk for nothing or you're going to trade him midseason, you know, at the trade deadline because you're not going to let that asset just go for nothing. So mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me if we had him for maybe a couple months of the year, I mean, in a perfect world, and let him keep building that little bit of uh, grit for the team and then use his value and, and move on from him. Okay. We, we don't have a great roster is what it comes down to. We have mm-hmm. a lot of we have this series is showing me that roster is a large issue with a, is a large part of these problems. I mm-hmm. mean, when you have a guy like, you know, a guy that was hardly getting any minutes, gets you seven offensive rebounds in the fourth quarter in um, and what's his face? Uh, Clark. Yeah, because we literally have nobody that can that can def- that could out rebound him. We just don't right. have that human being on our roster. Like that's that dude was hardly getting minutes all season, and he's can out he can out rebound every single person on our roster. That can't be. We can't have that. Right, and that's I mean that's what we were talking about coming into the season. What do we do at power forward? And we're, we're the smallest team in the NBA. We didn't do anything. <laughs> we're still the smallest team in the NBA. You know, like, and, and I understand not making a big move throughout the year, but I mean those kinds of things are really showing up. Like. Ja gets to the rim whenever he wants. There's no real, there's no one really scaring him at the rim. And and Cat can't stay out of fouls. So, I mean, he's got to be careful. So we have no one else. Nas is the only guy that really protects the rim. I mean, he had some nasty blocks last game. But Mm -hmm. we can't play him. Well, we don't ever play him and Cat together. So, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Jaden a little bit. Jaden can go up and get a block. He can get a block, but he can't get a rebound. That's true. You know, yeah. like he's and that's what, what I love about him is he's great defensively, but he is his brain is programmed as a small forward. And, and I understand that. I think he's great at that position, but he doesn't have the box out, try to get the tough rebound kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. And we need that. Something I want to bring up. Where's Malik Beasley been? I mean, he had eight points. I just think like in crunch time when we need a three or something like that, I, I feel like you got to have him in the game a little bit more. Don't you think? 14 minutes. Yeah. I mean, 14 minutes and he had eight points and six rebounds. I don't know. Like I would, I would have played. I mean, I would play, I would give him all of Tayshawn Prince's minutes. Torian. Torian Prince. Yeah. I'm sorry. Torian Prince. Um, Torian Prince hit a couple of little floaters or little fadeaways, but he, in my mind, didn't play very well in that game. Um, 
And I don't know what, I mean, Beasley offers us so much more upside than any of these mm-hmm. other guys. Like he offers us 40 points a game upside. Like that's not out of the question for him to drop 30 or 40 points any given game. Um, I feel like he should be getting 25 minutes every game just for the possibility of him winning us a series with two good games, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I don't know what the deal with him is. And he's been playing solid D. Like he's working hard. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like he's getting blown by. I, I don't know. Right. But in Finch, we trust. I, I believe in him, but I, you know, I question it. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. And also, I think we got to talk a little more about D'Lo. Like, I, I, you can talk about the bad shot all you want, but he just, for stretches, he just disappears, I feel like. He's just, he's not part of it. And I feel like there were times he could have taken some shots when he was open, didn't yep. take them. Like, particularly where he, like, gets the ball and he's, like, wide open for free and he goes like this and then kind of stops everything and then passes it. Like, you got to step up and take that shot. This is the playoffs. This isn't Detroit, man. This is the playoffs. Right, so. right. right. Yeah, and, and he's had a couple comments uh, in in uh, the press after that was saying when they talked to him about point guard, he said, no, I'm a guard. I'm just a guard. He's been, mm-hmm. he's been really pushing that. I don't know if it's some sort of uh, – like maybe he's kind of unhappy with how many minutes he's been sharing with McLaughlin and how McLaughlin's been handling the ball a lot, or maybe the same thing with Pat Bev. Like Pat Bev has been almost a primary ball handler for our team over mm-hmm. D'Lo, which is very strange to me. Um, I don't know if that's a strategy to play D'Lo off the ball more to try to get his scoring going, but I don't like that as a strategy. Yeah, I don't um, But here's the deal. We've got two games left. What if D'Lo goes 35 and 30 these next two games? That's then true. He's the hero of the series, and we move on to say, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but he hasn't been good. He needs to step it up, and he's got the talent. Um, sometimes I think he's playing like I'm too cool for this, and and I get it. It's kind of his natural uh, vibe, but sometimes it feels like it's like an act. Like, dude, this is a playoffs elimination game. We're gonna have to see maybe. Maybe like a like maybe sprint as hard as you can once today. You know, like maybe mm-hmm. like show me like how hard you can work on something. Like right. I feel like he tries to show how good he can be without using much effort. Like almost like that's I don't know, Instagram worthy or something. Like he's trying to show off how easy he can make the game look. Um sometimes and uh I don't know, I want more from him. I mean yeah. But in the same sense, he's maybe saved us $10 million in his new contract this this offseason. I mean, if he finishes like this, there's no way you can turn and say, well, I'm looking for a max. But if he averaged 25 and and 7 this series, how do you say he doesn't get a max? You know what I mean? So, like, Mm -hmm. that might have saved us $40 million over the price of his contract. Now, now I know we're going to have all offseason to talk about this, but – do you resign D'Lo at this point? I don't think you have a choice. Okay. Like everyone who says uh, – it's like the whole Kirk Cousins thing. Um, everyone that wants to get rid of Kirk, oh, he's terrible. He's not worth his money. It's the same thing with D'Lo. Oh, he's terrible. His stats aren't real. Okay, fine. So let's get rid of him. So then who is your starting point guard? Mm-hmm. That's is true. It Malik, is it Malik Beasley? Is it Jaden McDaniels or, or you know, uh, McLaughlin? Mm-hmm. Is it um, some guy you're going to draft at 18? You're going to bring a rookie in 
at 18, like late first round pick and have him start for a team that's a playoff team? Mm-hmm. Are you going to try to pick up somebody off the scrap? I think maybe Gorgon Drogic might be the best point guard off the scrap heap in free agency. You'll probably pay him, you know, if you want him to start maybe $12 million a year. Like, who are you going to start? And if you don't come back at me with an actual idea on who you're going to start, then I'm not interested in the I don't want D'Lo talk. You know what I mean? Like, right. if you want to be a playoff team, you can't go. You definitely can't downgrade from D'Lo at point guard if you want to be a playoff team. Right. Do you do you think it'll ask for a max? Like, let's or do you I think it depends how these next two next two games go? For sure, it depends. Okay. Again, if he if he if he's if he wins us two games. He's a max player. Like he pushed us to the second. You know what I mean? Like he, I mm-hmm. see the argument is what I mean. Um, right mm-hmm. now, if he finishes averaging 13 points, you know, six assists on, you know, career low shooting at the rim and at mid range for the playoffs, um, maybe 15 mil a year. And that'd be wonderful. I would love him at that price. Yeah. Do you, I, I don't know. I don't know if, any team is going to come out of the woodwork and give them any more than that. So what I would do, and I think this is what teams don't do enough because they try to be buddy, buddy with players is I would say he's still on a contract for one more year and then he's a restricted free agent for us. Mm -hmm. I would say, okay, um, find the best deal you can and we'll match it after next year. Right. You know, like we'll offer you four years, $15 million a year, um, you know, just for having some security. If you don't want that, we'll offer it to you this offseason. That's cool. You'll just, we'll, then we'll just, you know, go out and find whatever deal and we'll match it, you mm-hmm. know? And if nobody gives them a deal, well, then we'll, maybe we'll do 15, maybe we'll do 12, you know? Like at that point, right. like that's how the games play. That's how the business is played. It's right. bad business to to bet against yourself or, you know, to to negotiate against yourself. You know, like don't mm-hmm. ask from a max if if you don't have to. Right. Yeah. I, I would tend to agree with that. It's, yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what goes down uh with D But as much I mean, I wanna save yeah. money, but I wanna win this series too. Like a D oh, if yeah. we're gonna win this series, D has to be part of it. Like he has to be he has to be in the fray. A, a and you know what's bit. crazy? We won this series right now. And D'Lo wasn't part of it. Mm-hmm. That's like, true. We easily could be 4-1 right now without mm-hmm. D'Lo really being part of it. And without Kant being part of a couple of those games. And without mm-hmm. Ant really doing much. I mean, 17, 18, 19 points out of Ant. That's below average. Mm-hmm. But also, let's give credit to, you know, the defense. Like, how often have we been held this close to 100 points or under? I mean, they're... Right. Maybe it's the way so many fouls being called slowing down the game, or maybe just the way playoff basketball is being called this year, but it's a slow grind of a game. I mean, we saw the Nets score, I think, below 100, or like in the 90s or something a couple mm-hmm. games ago. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's a mix of playoff basketball, and I think it's a mix of just uh, uh, the Grizzlies taking away Cat, and then we have to go to other options. I know he had a good game last game, but – I, man, I, I don't know. And what I, the one thing, the positive thing I will say about is I love to see, you saw it a couple of times in that game, uh, Ant finding his mid-range game. 
Like he's starting to find it a little bit. Like if he can be a three-tooled player where he can hit the three, get to the basket, and pull up to the mid-range, he's going to be unstoppable. Yeah, that's what I said a couple episodes ago. That's what's really unlocked him. You know, the last little run of the season was he was using that mid-range, which all these vets always say that's a huge thing in the playoffs is mid-range shooting. Um, We'll see. I mean, he he picked up some chintzy fouls, like where he was – the third guy coming in to defend a shot and he happened to hit the guy. Like he picked up two or three fouls that were kind of not really normal fouls he picks up. So it would have been interesting to see the way that he was rolling for a little bit. If he would have played his full gambit of minutes, how many, uh, you know, what the game would have been, but I mean, he still ended up with 34 minutes, I guess. I mean, he played, he played a lot. Right. I was really frustrated with Vanderbilt that game. I don't know why. Um, I was frustrated with it, it looked he like he just wasn't doing anything. Yeah. He can't catch the ball. When, when they when they try to force it to him, like down low, we gotta stop doing it. And I know we said this a long time ago, but we gotta well, stop doing that. He can't the problem he can't, is is if we don't hands. get him the ball in that dunker spot for that little drop off that he which he's been dropping lately, then right. he's literally has zero value on offense. And the other team can just completely forget about him. It's almost like yep. it's almost like when a team runs the ball in the first quarter of a football game just to just to like play action you later. Like you've got to drop that ball off to Vanderbilt a few times to keep his defender at least hedging that way a little bit so that our drivers don't have a, a you know, so somebody's not just playing center field, leaving Vanderbilt completely wide open. Do you think, like, in the offseason or something, he could ever develop, like, a short jump shot, shot or, like, a post-up game? Do you think it's within the realm? Or? I think post-up game is probably too much. I think I think he can be a corner three-point shooter. Um, okay. He went from, like, a 50% free throw shooter two years ago or last year to this year he was, like, a 75. And for a while he was shooting even better than that for a long stretch of the season. So he's mm-hmm. got an okay-looking jumper. Um, it just needs reps. And if he could become like a 35%, just strictly corner three, maybe even just one specific corner, that mm-hmm. would be a huge, huge step for him. Um, yeah. But more likely, I think that that's a position we need to upgrade. Right. Because you see it all the time. Um, you you see him go up, he'll set the screen. Uh, they'll go this way. They'll pass it to him and no one's on him. Like yeah. everyone's in the paint. No one's on him. And then like, so there's no separation there. So what did that pick just do? Nothing. 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 It did absolutely nothing. Yeah. yeah it did nothing. So it just brought as, what, it, what the pick did was just brought a a sure double team on the ball. You know, on the on the right. right. Yeah. So I I don't really know what we do there. We're probably gonna have to upgrade Jared Vanderbilt. But it's weird. It's weird. Like I feel like like we should be talking more doom and gloom when it's a three to two series and we just blew two games, but it feels like, feels like we kind of got this in a way. Like, I feel like, like you said, I think we're a more talented team. I think we're a better team. I think we play, we're going to play really well at home. I don't, I, as much as I want to say, okay, I, the, the game three debacle, I don't want to call it a fluke, but I don't think we're ever going to do that again. Like we I don't 20 twice though. I mean, we yeah. dominated them twice during that game. Right. I listened to a podcast with um Dane Moore, 
and the Memphis Memphis guy, the Memphis uh, beat writer. Yeah. And he said that Minnesota has been the best team, you know, most of this series, you know, yeah. like it's, yeah, we did lose those two games or those, those two huge leads, but we got those two huge leads. That's the thing people don't understand. Like getting a 20 point, 26 point lead is not a fluke and doing it twice in one game. Isn't a fluke. We mm-hmm. held, I think the first time that they, so they got out to like an eight, nothing head start last game or something. But after we caught up, nobody, or we, we led all the way till the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, uh, we can, we can, we can do this. We can win it. We I agree. Can, uh, we can do it. We yeah. Have I, a team. We've played it up. We've got the ability. I at least want to see game seven and more importantly for playoff experience. I want to see our young players either succeed or fail in in um, elimination games. I mean, that's what it's mm-hmm. all about is elimination games, your backs to the wall. That's This is how you build a character. And, and we're going to build a character one way or the other, either through success or through failure. Mm-hmm. But and, we at and least I, get to do it. And I want, I want to say this, just, just a little ray of positivity. I'd rather do this, be in a tight playoff series, um, and maybe see us lose a heartbreaking game then not be there at all and be like 22 and 60 and, sure. and be out of the play. I, I, I want to make that clear. Like this yeah. is, this has been an absolute like thrill ride for the Minnesota. I mean, you had, you, you had the Clippers game and we'll probably do an in memoriam for the season. If, yeah. if it turns that way, uh, hopefully after game seven, if, if that happens, I'm still think we can win. The you mean of the NBA finals. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Of course. Of course. That's what I meant. Well, anyway, I think we'll leave it there. Chris, thanks so much for being here. I want to mention a guy in the, yeah, in, the uh, in the chat here, Syndex or something. Synodex. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like you said, tragic loss onto the next one. 100%. Like we can win this, you know, there's no reason mm-hmm. why we can't, we were the better team all last game. And uh, like you said, much needed ex- uh, experience. And that's what this is about. Like I use this a lot of times. I'll say we're not playing season mode. This isn't NBA 2K season mode. This mm-hmm. is franchise mode, you know? So this is huge for us. This roster isn't a complete roster. This isn't our franchise's finished roster. Mm-hmm. Um, we're getting experience. This is what we wanted. This is this is huge for this team going forward. Like the arc of the Timberwolves it's not like, oh, well, this was our peak. Time to blow it up and start over. Like, this right. is baby step number one of this franchise. I mean, mm-hmm. Anthony Edwards is 20 years old. Um, this is huge for us. This is good. So just be happy and be excited to have a game six. Absolutely. And this is the Everything's Coming Up Timberwolves podcast. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe, and hit the bell, and tell a friend on YouTube, and follow us on Spotify so you never miss an episode. And as always, go Wolves, Wolves in 7.